All right. Well, Happy New Year. We are uh, we're excited for this new year. We're going to uh, be unpacking some cool things, uh, what we're doing um, over the next few months. And, and so we're excited to see what God does with all of this. And um, we believe that God has given us uh, a vision for what's next um, in, in what we're teaching as elders and, 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 uh, and how we are approaching worship. And one of the biggest things that God has been putting on our hearts is just stepping up our worship and um, uh, kind of taking it to the next level. Uh, the word, the phrase that keeps coming to mind is this aggressive worship. And uh, I, I don't know what that means. And if you try to picture it, it might look weird. <laughs> but... Um, but more importantly, we're, we're, we're going to talk specifically about what it means today to wait on the Lord and to, uh, um, and this, this idea of waiting in the Bible is, is a, a little different than what we think of in waiting. We think of waiting as just doing nothing and just sitting around waiting for something to happen. But, um, uh, the Bible uses that word wait and hope interchangeably. And uh, in Spanish, it actually means the same word. Esperanza means, uh, es what is it? Es esperar means to wait and to hope. It means the two things. So this idea of hoping and not just waiting for God to do something, but really hoping for God to do something. So that kind of changes the meaning a little bit. But what does it mean? to aggressively wait and aggressively hope in the Lord. And uh, I think a lot of that begins with our posture and, and what we're doing. And uh, at times we will tell you to stand up um, because we want you to stand up. We want to go after the Lord together um, wholeheartedly with everything we have. Um, but that, that idea of standing up is just giving it all to the Lord, you know. And um, sometimes there, for me, I know there's times where I, I can't stand. I either have to kneel or I have to sit and just lay my heart out to the Lord. And uh, um, so maybe that's you today. So when you can ignore us completely. When we tell you to stand, you don't have to stand um, if God wants you to sit or, or to kneel or to uh, um, do whatever, then, then we want you to feel the freedom to do that. Um, we're not going to put God in a box and argue with his leading here. So um, why don't we stand and uh, do it? I'm just kidding. Um, but let's give, him, let's give him everything. So take a, one last bite of your bagel, one more sip of your coffee. And uh, let's just go after the Lord and declare who has the throne in our lives. And so let's do this. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing is better than you, Jesus. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing, 
better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. Let's think about this year before us and declare this together. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. One more time, there's nothing. Lord, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came along and put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied here in your love. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. There's nothing. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. I'm not afraid to show you my weakness, my failures and flaws. Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Cause the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. It's a new year. Sing it. There's nothing. Lord, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. God, we just declare that. God, you know our hearts. God, you know the areas where we really, really believe that. God, you know the days where our lives say something different. 
So God, as we commit this year to you, I pray that this would be our prayer, that there's nothing better than you, God. God, we don't know what that means specifically in our lives, God, but we just want to declare that you're in the throne of our lives, God, where you belong. turn morning to dancing you give beauty for ashes you turn shame into glory you're the only one sing that again you turn morning you turn morning to dancing you give beauty for ashes you turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can sing that again. You turn morning. You turn morning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. Turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one. You turn graves. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. Turn seasons to highways. You're the only one who can. 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 Cause there's nothing. Better than you, there's nothing. Better than you, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. There's nothing more. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. We sang this uh, a few weeks ago. It's just really a prayer that God has put in our hearts to for a new revival, something new. This is a new year, guys. And, and our prayer is that we're ready for whatever God wants for this body, for this church. So let's declare that together. We're ready for a new 
In case you didn't notice on that song, that was a Malia Flack original. So, what an amazing song. Just beautiful. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Happy New Year to all of you. I, I must apologize this morning, especially to all of you parents that have young children that are on a sugar high right now because we didn't have bagels this morning. Our bagel supplier called us this week and said, we're going to be closed on, the, on January 1st, so we're not going to have any bagels for you. So we thought it would be a good idea to do muffins and donuts. So I apologize for the sugar high, and I apologize for the coming sugar crash. Um, so 
but hopefully that uh, will get you through at least uh, most of the service today. Fortunately, that won't happen again for 11 years. The next time January 1st falls on a Sunday is the year 2034. I checked it just now. So we're good for the next 11 years. Won't happen again. Next generation, they'll, they'll be ready for it. Um, just a couple of quick announcements. Actually, just kind of uh, getting back into the swing of things as a church here. We took, you know, kind of a break over the holidays. A lot of the ministries kind of slowed down or just uh, stopped meeting for December. But we are going to start back up a lot of things, so keep an eye on that. The women's Bible study starts again this Saturday. The women's tabletop starts a week from Monday. Young adults starts on the 15th, so a couple weeks out. So just be looking for those things. Check out the website. Check out the weekly email. Go to the calendar on the website and look for all of those ministry opportunities starting back up again here uh, for the spring, actually. And then I do want to mention one thing specifically. So three weeks from today we will have our annual business meeting. And we would just encourage you to hang out for that. It'll be right after the service. They usually take about an hour. We discuss the budget. We talk about any business and ministry issues, do some visioning for the coming year. So um, if you're a member, we'd especially like you to plan to stay for that because we need you to vote for a couple of things. And then if you're new or if you've been here a little while and you just want to learn a little bit more about kind of who we are as a church and some of the background stuff, you can kind of see what makes us tick behind the scenes a little bit. So again, January 22nd, business meeting right after the service, and we will serve lunch for that. So that's it for announcements. So again, just keep an eye on the website, the weekly email, all that, the Bible app. Let me know if you don't have connection to any of those, and I'll get you hooked up. Um, but yeah, we're just going to go ahead and uh, dismiss kids now. Youth group's going to stay in here for the service. Kids can uh, head out to the lobby, grab a few donuts on the way, and uh, we'll get them set up for Sunday school. The rest of you go ahead and stand up, greet one another, wish each other a happy new year, and we'll get started that way.
folks, let's go ahead and grab our seats. Good morning. I'm impressed and surprised, and this is a good showing for this morning. It was 10 o'clock, and Mike and I were like, maybe three people? I don't know. And they kept, kept trickling in, so it was really good to see all your faces this morning. So the question is, what's next? We, we've just finished what I thought was one of the best sections of Scripture, the Sermon on the Mount. And I think it's funny, um, my daughter, every time she listens to music, whatever is up, is her favorite like we can be scrolling through and we can be listening to Taylor Swift and I'm gonna connect Taylor Swift to scripture so bear with me and she's like this is my favorite song and then the next one comes on this is my favorite song and I feel like that's where we're at right now with where we're heading in our scripture study we were in the Sermon on the Mount and I was like this is my favorite section of scripture in the last couple of weeks I've been in the section that we're gonna move into and I'm like uh oh I think this is my favorite, um, and for different reasons, for some similar reasons, but for us moving into 2023, we're going to dig into the book of Romans. Um, it is a big book. It is a powerful book. It's a book that Paul put together to prepare his visit to Rome. He had not been there yet, but in the midst of this book, we see some really deep theological underpinnings. In Romans, we get to explore what the gospel is. Now, we've done that before, and Jesus did that in the Sermon on the Mount, but what Paul is doing is addressing it to a group of people that don't know a tremendous amount. You ever wonder, like, what would Paul write to us today, like, as a church of America or as a church of Golden? I, I was thinking that uh, the last couple of weeks, and it actually kind of terrified me. I was like, oh, dear. Like, what would he write to us? How would he pin a book to us, and I hope it wouldn't be much like the Corinthians, where there's just a lot of stuff going on. I always hope it would be a little bit more like Philip, um, the Church of Philippi, where he's like encouraging you and keep pressing on and keep doing what you're doing. But then I looked at Romans, I was like, you know, I think for us as a nation, all of the things that are pressing in on us, all of the distractions, the political climate, the, the morality that's kind of starting to corrode away from what God's moral principles are. I think Romans really fits. I think it fits us in a way that it's going to allow us to dig deep into some areas. He helps us understand what justification by faith really means. The process of dealing with our sin, our guilt before God, our sanctification. Like what does it mean today for those who are followers of Jesus and our eternal security? See, the book of Romans tells us about God, who he is, what he's done. It tells us about Jesus, what his death actually accomplished. It tells us about ourselves, what we were like without Christ, who we are with Christ, and what it looks like to truly trust him in everything that we do. Paul points out that God did not demand men and women to have their lives straightened out before they come to him. He helps us understand that we were all sinners. We are a mess and in need of the Savior. And so this really cool picture, because I often feel like a mess, don't you? I'm not pointing any fingers. But there are weeks and days 
and moments and conversations where I, I, I think to myself, why? Why did I go that direction? Why did I think that? And the, the beautiful thing about this in the book of Romans is we see that because we are saved through Christ Jesus, we no longer have our wrongs counted against us. What a freeing thought for us. And so as we maneuver through this, we're going to explore in a lot of ways. And the theme that we're going to look at is righteousness. And I know that a lot of people, we come up with words for our 2023. You guys have always challenged us to do that well, and I love that. And so for us as a congregation, as we go through this, I want us to consider what the word righteousness might mean to us for 2023. At the end, I'm going to talk about some application points. But be thinking, like, what does righteousness mean for you? Like, how do you become righteous? What does it look like to be righteous? And then how do I act in a righteous way? And then corporately, like as a congregation, what does it look like for us to be a church that moves in a right way before God, to act righteously in the way that we interact as a congregation? So those are two, two things I want you to be thinking about. But before we jump in, I'm going to show you some of the tools that we're going to use as we study through this, because there's 16 chapters in Romans, and each of them have a little bit different dive into some theology. And so this is a book, um, Gus has recommended this to me in the last few days, weeks, and I've ordered these for all of the people on our leadership team, because I want us to be reading through this together. And this is by Warren Wearsby, and it's called Be Right. And the subtitle of it is, How to Be Right with God, Yourself, and others. And that really is a theme in the midst of Romans. That being right, that is the definition of righteousness. How do I be right? Well, we recognize the only way to be right is because of Christ Jesus. And so this is going to be one of the tools. And if you want to go on Amazon, I think it's, I don't know, 10 bucks. You can get a hard copy. You can get it electronically. But if you want to journey with us, we are all going to, as a group, read through this. It's a little bit more of a high-level summary of Romans, but I think it's a powerful look at what this book is going to reveal to us. We'll put all this in the Bible app and on the website so you don't have to write it all down. But this would be one tool over the next, I, I'm not going to commit to how long this is going to take us, um, because 16 chapters might, might take us a little bit of time, but here in our church, the way that we want to move through this is at God's pace. We, we want to be able to allow the scripture to move us the nice thing is there's some tough parts of this, and we're not going to skip over any of it. We're going to dig into the tough, the encouraging, and the challenging parts of Romans and really explore what it is that Christ is telling us through Paul's book to the Romans. The next tool, we've used this a couple times, the Bible Project. I love this. This is a really good summary. There's two sections to this. There's the first section, part one and part two. And if you go on to the Bible Project, I encourage you as a family, this is a good sit down for you as a group to watch it. It'll give you a summary of the book. We might show parts of that at time, but it's good to go back and see the structure of what Paul is doing, where he's coming from, and what he's trying to address so that you can pragmatically be able to understand it. So another tool. And then the third one is we are going to use the Right Now Media for this. And I've been kind of going through and looking at a couple different sections on Right Now Media. Now, this is free for everybody. If you need to get access to this, talk to Sean or me. It's accessible on the website. But we have purchased this for everyone in this congregation. If you've got friends and family that you want to send this to and encourage them in Ohio or Florida to go through this with us, 
they can access it for free as well. So a really cool tool that we want to give to you guys to journey together. There's a couple that I've found. This is by J.D. Greer, and we're going to use this. This comes in two parts, and this is a full look at Romans. It's just broken down in a way that you can watch a 10-minute or a 15-minute little summary of a section of Romans. One of the things that we're not afraid of is using other people's thoughts and tools just so long as they're aligned with Scripture and the ways and ideology of what we think Scripture's meaning. And so we're pulling out some of these tools. And this is going to be one that we're going to use. Uh, the next one is by Lori Short. Uh, this is really cool because I, I think when you look at what is your favorite book or section of Scripture, Romans 8 for me becomes one of those favorite parts. Um, it is one of the most profound sections of Scripture and might be one of the most important declarations of salvation that we have. It's probably one of the clearest that really identifies everything. So we're going to use Lori when we get to chapter 8 to be able to utilize some of her thoughts. The nice thing is she goes to Rome, and a couple of these folks do, and they show you these pictures and these locations and brings it to life in a new way. And then the last one is on... Um, chapter 9, and this is John Piper. John goes the deepest, because that's what John does. Um, he goes really, really deep into chapter 9, which for some can be a confusing section. It can be a section where they just kind of skip over chapter 9 because they don't really know what to do with it. We're not going to do that. I want us to make sure that we understand these sections. We're going to take the time we need, and we're going to utilize these resources. So those are three groups of resources that I want you to start thinking about. What can I get my hands on in the next couple of weeks? Or go and start to identify where those places are so you have them. I'm just going to give you a high view of where we're going to head. So we've broken this book apart into four sections. And each of these sections is going to have a theme. And these themes are going to be relevant as we move through the scripture. We want to make sure that we do that together as a group so that when we're talking about stuff... We understand how it fits in the book. And one of the things we learn in studying scriptures, you've got to allow the parts to interpret the whole and the whole to interpret the parts. You can't just take one little section out and base all your theology on that one little section. And we're going to do really, really good work at taking parts and wholes. So what does scripture say overall? What does it say about Romans? And then on the flip side, what does the big part have to say about these little bitty sections in here? that have profound impact on our faith. So the first section, and this is rough. Some of this goes into um, chapter 321 and then starts up in chapter 322, but I just roughly said we're going to go into this section. So the first one is really around righteousness needed. And just this understanding that humanity was separated from God, that there was a righteous judgment, and that now revelation of God has come through his righteousness. So the starting point for us to understand as we move through Romans is that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I mean, he's just like himself included. The only one that has never been in this position is Christ Jesus himself. But every single person in this world, and that's what I love about what Paul does, is he breaks it apart and says there is no one who is worthy. There is no one who has done anything to, to gather the merit to be able to save themselves. And so we get to see just this kind of unpacking of what is this righteousness needed really look like? Like, what do we need? Why do we need it? Where does it come? Is there differences in this stuff? How does sin fit? And then understand that righteousness, the righteous will live by faith. So 
you're going to start reading through this and these these themes are going to start to poke out at you and righteousness again is one that we're going to really continue to look at so that's section one section two is righteousness is provided so god in his wonderful love for us recognizes that there's a need and that he now has provided that need through jesus he has rescued us believers are now declared righteous through the grace that god has provided he in the midst of this has created a whole new humanity that we are now dead to sin and alive in christ so what we see here is this separation of who we were into who we are and that because this need existed and nobody here could provide for it only god could he sends christ and we get to unpack what does that really look like like what does that mean in the midst of our journey and then section three is Romans 9 through 11. Uh, and it really helps us to understand too this, that we're cleared from our wrongs. So we now have this position. So there's all of these different stances and postures that we might find ourselves in in the book of Romans. So the posture to begin with is we've fallen and we are sinful. And so we're turned away from God. We have no means to get back to him. And then Christ comes and our posture changes. So in that changing of posture, we also have a changing in identity. We are now full in God's promises. We are now made whole. So we were broken. We were partial. His shalom has come. His peace has come and has provided a wholeness to us. This ability to now say, I am a, a follower of Jesus. And because of that, I'm a child of God. And we get to see how we now are grafted in to his plan it actually uses that terminology which is really profound this whole adopted in this grafting of a branch into the branch and the family of god and our identity becoming established solely in him and then the last section romans 12 through 16 this fits really well with where we've come out of the sermon on the mount it is righteousness practiced it is this transformation that we now see has occurred within us. Well, what are the implications of it? What does that mean? I mean, we can be thankful that we were saved and rescued from our sin. We now know we have a new identity. We're part of this family. Humanity has been changed. Our church has been unified because of it. But what do we do now in this transformation? And Romans 12, this is a lot of what I, I think we're going to head in our area of worship, of just digging deeper into it allowing the lord to use worship to reveal things to us to slow down to not worry about what's next and as it says in romans 12 1 through 2 i urge you brothers and sisters in view of god's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing to god this is your spiritual act of worship do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so again it's this whole thing is here we are We've got these old patterns and we've got this renewing going on. That's that sanctification process. So he wants us to recognize. I mean, you can't forget who you were, right? For me, it's that thing that constantly knocks on the door. It's the thing that Satan uses. If I don't understand Romans in, in the way that Paul wants me to, I might live in that place. I might allow that old pattern of life to be the defining factor in who I am. When really Paul is saying, no, 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 no. You were a new creation be transformed, be renewed, and then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I think sometimes we're trying to test what his will is in our life, but we're not in the journey with him. We're not in relationship with him. 
We are not living our lives in this living sacrifice of worship that he wants from us. And we come to these difficult points in life and we just don't get it. But I think there's a way to get it, to, to pursue him in a healthy manner. And that's what I'm hoping Romans does for us. So that's a really, really quick, hopefully you're as excited as I am about moving into this. I think it's gonna be powerful. It's gonna be challenging. You guys are definitely get, gonna get theology at a different level in some of this. And um, we're gonna let our professors um, preach on that stuff a little bit more. Um, but as we move into 2023, some of the challenges that I want in our groups is individually to be asking ourselves, what does righteousness look like to me? How does righteousness fit into my worldview? How does righteousness look as I perceive and interpret what's going on in and around me? And then corporately, are we making decisions at a church that are righteous before God? Are we doing things based upon what he wants and expects of us? Are we moving in a place where we're impacting the world around us? Or are we comfortably sitting here because this just sometimes feels good? And I, not comfort is good. Um, I want us to feel comfort and peace and security in the Lord. But corporately, are we doing things right? And then our church involvement. This is something I was really praying about in the last week. It's just... I think many times we see even this environment as secondary or tertiary or when I can make it happen. One of the challenges I want to make for us this year is let's let church be a priority. Um, for me, when I, I played soccer, we would always have a team meeting. And the team meeting was based upon, okay, how did we do the last game? You know, what kind of things did we do well? What are some things we need to correct so we can get it back out on the practice pitch and we could start trying to rectify some of that stuff. And then we have another meeting to start scouting out the new team. Like, what are some of their strengths? Do they have a player or two that we need to double up on? Do we need to move more to this side? What angles are we gonna go? What set plays are we gonna create? And I think about that, like if we never had those meetings, there'd just be a lot of ambiguity, right? We would show up and maybe me as a goalie would wanna go up and score goals because I'm misinterpreting my role on the team. I'm not understanding truly what the, the culture and dynamics are that the coach and the players are trying to create. And I was watching also, I, I get into like Band of Brothers and Saving Private Ryan and some of those shows and they have this term and it's called rallying point. And so they always know what the rallying point is and they're going into battle or skirmishes and they always know where they're going to meet up. What's the significance of that, right? Like, we go off, and I think everyone from here today is going to go off into their own little battles, into their own skirmishes, their own situations and circumstances. And for me, church is a rallying point. It is a place that we come together, and it is only weekly, but it's kind of like if you had a staff meeting. Like, I, I run staff meetings. I know my, my wife does. It's just that picture as, as a leader in a staff meeting, if you had people that just chose not to come to the staff meeting. Do you think they're going to know what the leader's expectations are? Are they going to know what kind of new agendas and new things are on the horizon? No, they're going to miss it. And then they're going to go a whole week without truly understanding that. So again, church is valuable. It is important to us. And I want us to make that commitment to be here and to be here as regularly as we possibly can. And the last thought on it, Sometimes we think church is for us. 
I think we think it's for just who we are and the things that we're doing, right? Think of it this way. Look around this room. Look around. There's other people here. Maybe there's a person sitting next to you that needs you to be here. So looking outside of ourselves and recognizing that church is also an environment that if you're not here, you might be stealing from the people around you what God is intending to do in and through their lives. Now, I got this lesson from God a number of years ago when I was going through some stuff, and I was just like, why, Lord? Why do you keep putting me in this place? What are you trying to teach me? And I just really felt this overwhelming, I'm not trying to teach you anything. I just know you'll show up. I know you'll be obedient because I need this person to have you around. And so that's also a component of what we do here. It transcends into our small groups. It moves into our women's Bible studies and our men's Bible studies and our youth group and our children's ministry. And so the interaction that we have here today, as we're going to see in Romans, is this fulfillment of who we are has an element of being together. So church, whether it's a rallying point, a team meeting, a staff meeting, there's a value in it. It's a way that we communicate who we are, that we can stay on pace and encourage each other. So as we move into this book, I mean, I'm excited where we're going to go, but I'm going to pray for us real quick, and then I'm going to bring up Gus to lead us through communion. But be, be prayerfully considering yourselves and what, you, what the Lord through the Holy Spirit needs to use Romans to speak to you over the next months. Oh. So ever many months. Let's pray. Father, thank you. I thank you for who you are, what you do, and just this opportunity for us to, to go a new direction. I know that we struggled through what book and what, what specific thing you wanted for us as a congregation. I'm excited to be able to move into this place, to move and, and explore what Romans has for us as a, as a church, as individuals, as it looks at what our, our priorities are in our life, as we approach righteousness, Help us to understand, what does that mean? What kind of implications does that have on the decisions that I make every day? So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for this new year, these new mercies, and these new opportunities. Amen. If you want to follow along, you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 on your phone or whatever and uh, communion is always that time to just get right you want to be right you got to get right and I don't know what it is for you and I've shared this in the past sometimes it just feels like that we can get kind of difficult tricky messy and you come Sunday and you're like what am I doing here and just chance to stop when we take communion and just get things right spend some time just uh, asking the Lord to get your heart where it needs to be, get focused. Because uh, the beauty of the gospel is God's grace takes you wherever you were, wherever you're at, no matter what you've done. And in that moment, when you know Jesus, it's all right with him. Just confess it. It's, it's like it's all new. There's therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's one of my favorite parts of Romans chapter 8. It starts there. I'll never condemn you for your sin again. Now, we'll have consequences sin, but you'll never be condemned for it again. So you get a chance to just start over. So that's what communion is. So let me just ask you to take a couple minutes, and I don't know what that means to you, but just go to the Lord and 
talk to him a little bit. There's something there that, you know, relationship or something that he wants to get right. Just say, God, what do you want me to do? Uh, it might not be done right today, but it could be done soon. Maybe it's some, somebody you hurt. Maybe it's a situation you reacted poorly. Whatever it is, it's a chance to get right. Just take a couple minutes and we'll pray and then we'll get into this section of scripture. God, we just thank you that you are a God of grace, kindness, that your kindness leads us to repentance. Would you take us where we're at? Lord, let us never take that for granted. God, just bless this time as we come in your presence. Because we want to know you better. We want to know more about you. We want you to know our hearts. It says in uh, chapter 11, verse 23, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, and I was, boy, it's so easy to miss that. Can you imagine this is maybe one of the worst nights of his life? One of his best friends, you know, betraying him. And he does, he gives thanks. And I, and I, and I, I think it's so often... You know, I'm thinking it's New Year, and I was thinking, do I give thanks enough? You know, uh, we were supposed to fly out last uh, Sunday, Christmas Day, and our flight got canceled out of nowhere. And I mean, I, I can't tell you how sad and disappointed I was. <laughs> I was so sad, so disappointed. We're going to fly see my family. But the big thing of that was Tuesday was my grandson's birthday, and I just wanted to see him so badly. This last few Christmases, I've been able to. We'd be able to get out there, and little Booney and I have this little special thing, and we even FaceTimed him on Christmas, and he had this sadness on his face. Oh, my gosh. I was just, like, broken, because I just wanted to hug him. I couldn't. But, you know, I, I, I had to go through that Christmas Eve night, and I got up the next morning, and I, I just went to the Lord, and, you know, I just started by giving thanks. I just started thanking him for the good stuff in my life. It's like... This is the worst thing that's happening to me in my life. I got a pretty good life. And I just started thinking through things. I literally was just writing one thing after another, and it completely changed my day. Because when you really start to give thanks, you start to recognize what you really have. And, and it also kind of 
tends to move you towards trusting God. Because if you're thankful for what you already have and all the good things, you also believe he's got other good things that only he can accomplish. We start to believe that. We can be thankful for that. So we can give over those things that are just kind of out of our control that are so difficult on our hearts and those struggles. So I encourage you to spend some time just giving thanks. Write things down. You know, it's not escaping from the difficulties. I'd say it's the opposite. I think when we begin with thanks, we, we're probably much more honest with God with our struggles. We're also in a place where we say, God, you're good. You've been faithful. I'm going to trust you for what, what's ahead. And so communion gets us kind of back there again to say, thank you. Because just knowing the Lord, that's the best thing in life, guys. The rest of it, it, it all can be great, but... It might not be ever what we want it to be, but knowing Jesus is the best thing in life. So let me just ask you to come get the elements and we'll just have some worship and then we'll take it together. nothing worth more that could ever come close no thing can compare you're our living hope your presence Lord I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of love when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence and fill the atmosphere your glory God is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence Lord your presence nothing worth more that could ever come close no thing can compare you're our living hope your presence Lord. 
Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, he broke it and said this is my body which is broken for you do it in remembrance of me in the same way he took the cup also after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance Let me ask you again, take just a couple moments and then I'll pray and we'll go into some more worship. But take some moments to say thank you to the Lord. What are just some things that you take for granted or whatever? Just take a few minutes quietly and say thank you. And then I will pray and we'll go into some worship. forgive us for not saying thank you enough. Lord, every good and perfect gift is, is from you, from above. Lord, how you bless us in so many ways, so many things that we take for granted. But we're so grateful. And God, I am so grateful for this community. Lord, just uh, what an encouragement it is, just all the different ages that come together in the name of Jesus. And what a, what a special thing that is. What a blessing that is. And Father, we would ask as we go into this new year that we just live more gratefully. Not what it could be, but what it is. And that we trust you more. We just thank you more. We love you, Lord. We need you.
I love Sundays. Sunday mornings are, are my favorite time of the week. And uh, um, it's, it's, it's a cool morning because it's, it's a chance to celebrate what God has done this past week and to also be sent out uh, and to be encouraged for the following week. You, you guys ever wonder why a lot of people just can't figure out if Sunday is the end of the week or the beginning of the week, you know, depending on what calendar you look at or whatever. But I think that's purposeful. I think it's both, you know, because it's, a, it's the end of a, of a week where we can really uh, worship the Lord. And, and, and that worship is, is a reflection of, of what God has done in our lives throughout the week and, and how we have listened and how we have worshiped him in, in our every in our every moment and uh, so sometimes that can be a humbling time of worship where we're okay this is this is me worshiping but I don't feel like I've been worshiping him this week and that's one of the things that we want to unpack this year is what, is what does that look like what does it mean to really live a life of worship and um, I, uh, I'm a math teacher and I just do the math you know and uh, a lot of what affects our worship and our attitude and our hearts or, or what we put in it you know um, so I would encourage you to do the math you know what are we putting in our lives and um, there's a lot of things out there that we shouldn't be putting in our lives, in our hearts, and, and, and there's a lot of things that aren't necessarily bad, but maybe we, we put a lot of that in our lives, you know, and, uh, you know, what we listen to, what we watch, and things like that, but uh, I would, I think it's mathematical, too, you know, let's just weigh what's happening and what and, and kind of evaluate what our lives are what we're receiving what we're listening to what we're watching and and again not that everything is bad out there but um, let's be intentional about filling our lives with the Lord um, we had a great night last night and for those of you who know me would be surprised by this but we I played like three games last night and uh, I loved it and uh, I, it's new year, new me, you know. I just, I'm not a game person, but games are not just games. You guys know that. It's a time to, to, really, to really fellowship with people and to really get to know people. Maybe the dark side of people sometimes, but, <laughs> but it's such a bonding thing. And, and um, let's, let's have a game night, you know, in, in our homes uh, once a week at, at least and like we used to do No Tech Tuesday and we, we used to play games or we used to play rock band and that's, that's, that's a fun, fun deal uh, but yeah um, it's, I would encourage you to do that, I would encourage you to get involved in a life group, you know fill your lives with the Lord and uh, I know it's, there's, there's so many things that go against that and that are battling against that and, and battling for our attention. And the enemy knows it and is, is really driving that train. 
really battling for your attention and the thought of playing a game or the thought of, of maybe not watching Netflix on Tuesday night or whatever. Um, it's like, well, what else are we going to do? You know, there's, there's plenty. And uh, so I would encourage you guys to just fill your lives with the Lord. Um, but I don't know what that means for you. And I, you know, I don't know specifics of what it means in our home, but I'm excited to find out. Um, as Kevin was unpacking Romans, it just reminded me of those, of that, uh, you know, when Apple comes out with a new phone and like they come out on stage and here's all the new features. And I've never been able to sit through those things, but it just feels like this is, this is what's happening. And this is what God has been speaking to us. And I, and we as elders meet together and we, we process together, but there, there are things that God has been speaking to us individually that maybe we haven't shared specifics of. So it's really cool to see the confirmation of, of God speaking similar things and almost exact things. Um, as I was here hearing Kevin share the specifics, I mean, those are what God, those are things that God's putting on my heart and, and the elders, and it's just so cool and it's uh, exciting to see what God's going to do because he's going to do something. Um, so as we continue in worship, the other thing about Sundays is, is it's, it's not only a time to reflect on the past week, but there's a week to come. And more specifically, it's January 1st. Let's uh, reflect on the year to come and what God is going to do. Um, so we're just going to do that. And, and uh, this, is, this will be more of just an open kind of not very organized time, but it's, it's a time for you to just sit and wait on the Lord, and it doesn't have to be personal. You can um, maybe pray with someone next to you as we worship, as we have our times in between songs and stuff where we, we're just kind of playing. Just commit the year to the Lord, and um, part, of, part of my vision that I feel like God has given me for worship includes you, and uh, I don't know the, the specifics of what God wants to do, but uh, together, can we just commit to praying together and commit to worship together? Like Kevin said, there's power in corporate worship, and so it's not just for you, and it's not just um, for what you can receive, but it's what you can contribute. So can you imagine what kind of church this would be, what kind of community this would be, what kind of world this would be if the people in this room we're fully devoted to worship and, and just giving God all the glory he deserves and all the permission he needs to do whatever he wants to do. Um, but can we commit to that? Can we commit to saying, God, whatever you want to do in worship and in our lives, in us and through us, we want that. Um, so let's just, let's do that together. And again, if you, if you want to... Uh, pray with someone next to you and or pray by yourself or or just let's commit this and as we sing contribute contribute everything you have as we sing together asking the lord for his holy spirit to come and move so holy spirit you are welcome here come flood this place and fill the atmosphere 
Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. experience the glory of your goodness let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your goodness let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. So we pray, oh. Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Let's just take a minute and, and really pray that in your own words. Maybe with someone next to you or, or by yourself. I love that bridge. Let us become more aware of your presence. He's working all around us. And we miss out a lot. Let's just take a moment.
God, we want your vision for this body. We want you to come and move in power, whatever that looks like. So God, we want to commit these Sunday mornings to you as we gather together in corporate worship together. God, we com commit ourselves personally, individually, but God, we want to uh, just lift this body up to you and commit ourselves as, as your body, as your church to worship. Not just here, uh, but worship throughout our lives, throughout our weeks. God, every act we want to give to you and, and let it be an act of worship. God, we love you. We thank you for bringing us to this place and this opportunity to worship you together. So God, as we begin this next year, I just pray that you would breathe your life in us. Breathe on those embers. Light a fire in us, God. I don't know, I feel like God's putting a message on my heart to share. And uh, just what I feel like he's shown me is like that Jesus came and he ate and drank with sinners. And uh, a lot of times it's easy to feel the weight of our sin and feel unworthy of God. But we should identify as sinners and come and eat and drink and spend time with the Lord. So yeah, that's, that's what I felt uh, like the Lord was wanting me to say, and I encourage you guys to, you know, come and spend time with Jesus and sit as, sit as feet as sinners, because he's a good God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, let's just do that. God, we thank you for your forgiveness. God, we recognize that we are sinners saved by grace. And you choose to eat with us, to be with us. God, we receive those words. sing another uh, song and a half and uh, I would encourage you when you're ready um, stand up give your life to him and, and, and just 
worship wholeheartedly. I come to life, oh my soul, sing through the night, lift your eyes, oh my soul, cry out, cry out, living King, live in me, let my heart know, rushing wind, move within speak to these dry bones dry bones oh lord oh lord speak into the silence breathe upon the lifeless us up from slumber. Oh, oh Lord, move in by your spirit, your life living in us. Take us back to Take us back to wonder. Oh, take us back to wonder. Sing by your hand, I will stand. And by your hand. I will stand filled with glory. Hold your word on the earth, all to show your life. Reveal, oh Lord, oh Lord, speak into the silence. Breathe on the lifeless wake us up Dry bones dance, 
Dry bones sing, dry bones stand up, get up and live. Dry bones run, dry bones rise, dry bones stand up, come back to life. Dry bones dance, dry bones sing. Dry bones stand up, get up and live. Dry bones run, dry bones rise. Dry bones stand up, come back to life. Get up, live, drop on drum. 
take it all. Every moment, every hour, Lord, take it all. together in our own lives and God we declare that as a church that you're what matters God would you claim the throne in our lives but in this church as well be the Lord of our worship be the Lord of our lives in Jesus name we pray amen have a great week have a great year we'll see you next Sunday.